Hello and welcome to episode 9 of The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And today we are also joined by our resident Sergeant Major. She is here, she's she's on the Zoom, ready to go. Our historian. And today we are visiting a very, very famous location. It's been coined by some as maybe Britain's most haunted location. We'll what, most uh, most haunted location ever, do you mean? Or m- Your most haunted location ever. Oh. So there's lots of stories and tales from this place, and it's got a really, really kind of extensive history, yeah. which Sergeant Major will go through um, with you all now. So hello, Sergeant Major. Ten hop. Hi, right, guys. You all right? <laughs> all is well. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. That's all right. You're very welcome. Thought I'd, you know, dip in. Dip in? Why not? So, go on, treat us. Chillingham Castle, what can you tell us? Yeah, okay. Well, this is quite a good one. This has got quite a lot of history. Happy days. uh, Yeah, when I was doing my uh, research, I was kind of going off on little tangents because it was quite interesting, but we'll go. So, for those who don't know, Chillingham Castle is in Northumberland uh, in an area called Alnwick. But if you're not local, you'll think it's Alnwick. It's spelt A-L-N-W-I-C-K. But you call it, as you say, Alnwick. It's 20 minutes from the coast and also 20 minutes in either direction from its very famous neighbours of Bamba and Alnwick Castles. You might know Bamba Castle. Has anybody seen um, uh, The Last Kingdom? Yes. Yes. Well, that's that one. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Not too far. So, So you know roughly where we are. Yeah. So, it is home to the world's only surviving herd of wild cattle. They are known as the Chillingham cattle. They have been there for over 800 years and they are completely white. They have no human intervention whatsoever um, and they are a protected species. So, there you go. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chillingham Castle was originally built as a monastery in the 12th century and it became a manor house belonging to the Grey family in 1246. So to give you a little bit of context, if you think about the Crusades, they happened between 1096 and 1396. So this castle was built towards the end of the Crusade period. So if you think, you know, Robin Hood and... I was going to say, give us something that people can relate the Crusades to. It's Crinky Arthur and stuff. Yeah, it's it's essentially a period of time where um, you know, the Christian world decided that it needed to go and rescue the Holy Land from... Yeah, I was going to say, was it Middle East? ...from the Middle East, yeah, exactly. So if you've ever seen the Kevin Costner film of um, Robin Hood, that version... Yeah. yeah. So that he was out of the Crusades and when he came back he'd lost all his land. So that just gives you an idea of, of kind of the time period where we are. So, like I said, it was built in the 12th century as a monastery, and by 1246, it had been extended upon and become the manor house belonging to the Grey family. Uh, Henry III was on the the throne, he was a Plantagenet king, and he is the dad of Edward I, often known as Longshanks. Yeah, we've heard of Longshanks, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So, Edward um, I actually stayed at the castle in 1298. His father was also a visitor there. But Edward I was there. He used it as a stop-off point when he was on his way to Scotland to fight the Scottish army and was actually met in battle by William Wallace, who you will also yeah. all know quite you know, Braveheart, if you believe that. <laughs> so, 
there again there's your time period and this gives you an idea of some of the really major events in British history and Scottish history that the castle was part of. So when Edward visited the castle in 1298 it had recently just been rebuilt because the Scottish created a raid on it two years earlier and literally destroyed it so it had been rebuilt so when Edward got there it was all brand spanking new and it even had a glass window which was you know, really mm, flash. Those so, in 1344, the owner, now a Sir Thomas Gray, was issued a license to crenellate. Now, this is one of these really sad, geeky things that I love. When I first heard of a license to crenellate, I was so excited because it sounds so cool. <laughs> a license to crenellate is a license that you get given by the king to give you permission to put crenellations on your property. So, you know, when you look at the top of castles or churches, sometimes you see that up and down. Yes. Goes. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a crenellation. And in order to and you were only allowed those if the king gave you permission to fortify your property. So they were there as a defensive thing. Did the archers hide behind? Them? Yeah. Essentially. Oh, OK. Yes. So amongst other things. So, yes. So that's that's a crenellation. And you're only allowed one if you're allow if the king says you can have one and basically because the king isn't going to allow any of his enemies to fortify their properties so if you have hacked the king off he's going to say no because he doesn't want you to be able to defend he needs he isn't that interesting to... because we just assume that castles naturally you could build them however well, you, when, you when, want when kids draw castles it has it's always it, that it's yeah. that, that that's yeah. the image isn't it exactly it's so another you know, in, interesting his, historical fact that we would never ever know no. yeah so yeah i just think you know having a license to crenellate just sounds really cool so <laughs> you can only have one if you're one of the king's friends so they ended up with a license to crenellate and therefore he decided to fortify it and he absolutely went full hog and made sure since he was given this license he was going to go full belt and he also added dungeons and a torture chamber oh so, blinding Dillingham Castle had had the full works. It makes you think, you know, what was he up to that he felt he needed? Oh, quick, <laughs> let's get in a torture chamber before anyone notices. Quickly, and a dungeon. <laughs> a dungeon, a torture chamber, absolutely. So he was also, like his uh, forebearers, was also very active um, fighting for the king in the Anglo-Scottish Wars under both Edward I and II. He was actually at the Battle of and the Siege of Stirling Castle, and he got an arrow right underneath his eye. Uh, he dropped to the floor, as he would. Um, it was in the middle of a siege area, and they, the arrow's coming down, so he's, uh, you know, people around him grabbed him and dragged him to safety. And with his arrow protruding out of his head, decision was made, right, well, we need to bury him quick, because all of this is going on, but we've, we've, we've got to bury him as a sign of respect. During the funeral, he suddenly sat up. I was going to say because, yeah, because was, a, he was dead. an arrow underneath the eye wouldn't necessarily say to me that they would be in the eye. Yeah, because it go for a well, brain. It's still but a bit scary eye, for them, isn't it? If they assume that and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if if you see an arrow go into somebody's face and they lie down dead next to you, literally, <laughs> in a dead I just face, think, oh, that must have hurt. You, they're dead. Bearing in mind, you know, this is the, you know, very, uh, a long, long time ago. It's not like they could actually check his heart or anything. So, anyway, he... Uh, so, he set up. And, um, ...and scared the life out of everyone. So, uh, his son was then 
followed in his footsteps again and he was taken hostage by the Scots and he was held as a hostage in Edinburgh Castle in 1355. Uh, he was held there until Edward III released him a year later, sorry, until Edward III paid his ransom and he was released a year later. And while he was there, he wrote a book called Sala Chronica, which is still known to this day, and it's about his adventures and the uh, reigns of Edward I and II. So the Grey family carried on being the king's friends and allies, and all of the children in the Grey family made really good marriages. One of them, their son, married into the Mowbray family in Norfolk, who one of their other properties was Framlingham Castle down in Suffolk. And there are the two daughters, one married sir and one married a lord. So they're obviously not doing too bad. For the king. They do, they're doing all right out of it, absolutely. So um, the ownership of the castle then passed to um, one of the Thomases, who, the, the guy who married uh, Joan Mowbray, whose family were earls in Suffolk. So John then got another title and he was created the Earl of Tancreville in the early 1400s. And that was a new title that was created specifically for him as a thank you for the king for his effort in the French wars. He also became a Knight of the Garter, which I know Vanessa has been interested in. Yeah. And over periods of time, 18 of Chilliam's owners have been made Knights of the Garter, which is quite a high number. So um, in 1536, there was a northern uprising called the Pilgrimage of Grace and Chilliam Castle was very badly damaged in this because it was um, a protest against Henry VIII's religious reforms. So properties that were seen to be supportive or on the king's side came under attack and Chilean Castle was quite badly damaged. Uh, as part because of that, it was then extensively rebuilt and the northern part of the castle was redeveloped again in 1610. Various kings and queens have used Chillingham as a base for travelling, especially uh, if they've been going in between Scotland and England. And the Scottish Queen Anne of Denmark in 1603 stayed there when she was on her way to London. And so did James I and V of Scotland on his way to London to be crowned James I of England. So it's been a very, um, very centrally located point. Lots of royalty have stayed there over the years because of its location. In 1832, the French King Louis Philippe came to stay there and in the 18th and 19th century a lot of landscaping work was carried out and Prince Edward, Prince of Wales, so that would be Queen Victoria's oldest son, he stayed there with his wife in 1872. In the Second World War it was used as an army barracks and the soldiers certainly didn't treat it with any respect and they essentially ripped out most of the decorative wood and burnt it all to try and keep themselves warm and they'd even removed all the lead from the roof. So <laughs> by the end of the Second World War, it was in a pretty sorry state. The roof had almost caved in, terrible weather damage. So that brings us pretty much up to today. The current owners are Sir Humphrey Wakefield and his wife, Catherine. Catherine, interestingly, is a descendant of the de Grey family. 
Ah. It's essentially come full circle and come back in. And when I say grey family, we're talking uh, Earl Grey as a grey tea. Ooh. And Lady Jane Grey, the nine-day queen. Oh, there you go. So it, they are a very, very much a landed and, and well-known family. So in eighteen ninety, sorry, in 1982, they undertook a massive period of renovations. Uh, seems he was in a good position to do, to, to do so, as Sir Humphrey Wakefield is an antique and an architecture expert. So... Another little bit of trivia, their only daughter, his only daughter, Mary, is married to Dominic Cummings. We all know who he is. Oh, Lord have mercy. There Check you your eyesight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today, Chillingham's a tourist, tourist attraction. You can stay overnight, you can take a ghost tour, go and see the wild cattle, visit the castle and gardens, and go and get your obligatory cup of tea and a slice of cake. It's got quite mixed reviews, if you have a look at TripAdvisor, it's quite interesting. Um, if you are going along expecting clean, well curated, uh, nice information boards, you are going to be more than a little disappointed. Uh, I kind of get the impression that the current owner has been a very avid collector for many years and it's just everything. Chillingham has just become a repository for everything he's ever bought or collected. <laughs> uh, a warehouse. Uh, yeah yeah essentially yeah uh and, and and not very not very clean by the sounds of things either i haven't visited i can't say um but if you look at TripAdvisor, i did i did look at the trip advisor <laughs> and, and i saw that there was a real mixed bag very mixed bag however it, it's all about what you're looking for isn't it if you are up for something really different a fantastic weekend away a ghost tour something a little bit off the beaten track it seems that chillingham is the place to go yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's got it's got a really really interesting background. Lots of famous people. Yeah, lots, lots of, of famous people. Lots of battles. It's seen a lot. It, yeah, it's it's seen a lot. It's gone through a lot of incarnations. It's been rebuilt many times. It's been added to. It's been attacked. It's been sieged. It's uh, you name it. Chilling sight. Mm. Happy days. Well, thank you for that. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so did I. Because I, I was doing the research and I could see, you know, that it's had a, a fair share. But to hear about it properly is really good. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. And I'll leave you to it. And we shall be speaking to you soon. Enjoy. Goodbye, Sergeant Major. Bye, Sergeant Major. <laughs> <laughs> so... Chillingham Castle for you. First impressions. <coughs> now you know the history. <coughs> what are you expecting uh, paranormal-wise? I don't even know where to start. There is so, so much, and all of it's interesting. So I wouldn't even know where to start, but this place has got to be a hive of paranormal activity, without doubt. Hugely. So there's some really, really famous... Um, apparitions and spirits in Chillingham Castle that are um, very identifiable. Right. So when something happens or you see something, by the nature of it, you'll know who it will be. Mm. So I will start with maybe one of the most famous um, from Chillingham Castle, and he is known as the Blue Boy. Right. Or the Radiant Boy. Um, and there... There's lots of kind of history as well, provenance, 
provenance. Provenance. Need provenance. That goes into it. And um, during the kind of time of the, the Spanish Armada, um, it was believed that a boy was walled up alive inside the castle. They did that a lot. They did that. They, Throughout the UK. You, that's, that's happened before. That's their go-to. Why would that's you do go-to, it? Yeah, go-to. Go-to thing. When I say they believe, they know because yes. they found him. Yeah. So they've, they've found this poor boy um, in the walls... And on him... Why do they... Because they did that in the Tower of London as well. Why do they wall kids... I mean, it'd be interesting for... Actually, we need to speak to our right. historian about that. Well, I'll show I it. wonder if uh, th- there's a reason why um, that they actually um, do do that. If, if it's for... Uh, there because, must be because, a reason. And as well, the time period. So we're looking kind of Spanish armada So that's like Tudor-esque um, period. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the two boys in Tower of London... There's another one as well in a in a grand manner. I think there's a few. There is about. a few, but in the 1920s, um, the body is found in the walls, and on him there were some documents, and and things like that. But they also found um, blue cloth. So obviously, what he had been wearing. What were the documents? Do we know? There's. I tried to have a look. I tried to see if they kind of uh, tell you what they are. There's such. So, there's so many varying accounts right. that you think, right, I think none of them are true. Yeah, because there's too, too and, many. And yeah. they're too far apart. You can't find the common ground on it. Um, and they said that the bones of his fingers were worn away from trying to get out. Oh, don't. I so, hate that. As you can imagine, a very, very traumatic way to go. And I can well believe that he still lurks around. God. So... Now that you know the backstory, this is what the blue boy is is known to do. And if you see something like this, you know it's the blue boy. So around midnight, early morning, when it's dark, you can hear cries of like pure agony and fear coming from the area that he would have been walled up in. God, it's just horrific. Like absolute screams of terror. Um, How old was this boy? Do we know? No, just a child. Six, seven, you mean? Something like that. Like a, not, yeah. Not saying a teenager, more of a... Yeah, a, yeah. a, a boy. Yeah, a boy, yeah. So, yeah, the, the noises you, that you can normally hear are quite near the spot. So it's near like a cut-through passage that would have been by um, that wall. When, they, when the cries and, and things die down... A bright halo of light sometimes appears. So they have um, in the castle what they call the pink room. And it's one of the bedrooms there. I think you can stay in, if I remember rightly. I think you can book to stay in this room. Mm. And a big bright light. Some people have described it as being blue. And that's kind of reinforced the blue boy. Mm. Um, But a a big halo of light that appears around the bed. or Floating near the bed. And that anybody sleeping in the bed as well would sometimes see the actual figure of the boy in blue. So they see a young boy dressed in blue and he's surrounded by a a similar kind of thing, like that that, that halo of light, and that he gently kind of walks towards them while they're sleeping, while they're in bed. And he's meant to be a very, very friendly ghost. He interacts with the public. Which hundreds... that wouldn't make sense 
um, for, to die in such a horrific way, and if he got trapped there, I, going from what the basics we know, his soul would be angry and aggressive and bitter. So it's unusual but that this, he's, he's friendly, unless but it's the he innocence was, of a child. Mm, I don't know. know. Unless he went to heaven and came back. Unless it, this is uh, this is a visitation, because I can't imagine anyone, child but or why adult, would, why dying. would he want to visit back? Maybe because in life, maybe um, it was okay from there until he was all up. Maybe it's all he knew. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's drawn because, back because they say that he's surrounded by a light, and yeah. to me, that's quite to me that's angelic, uh, yeah. and, and you know, that's a. That's the connotation. Maybe he, he comes back to certain people as, as as a warning or something. I don't know, but that sounds to me. I mean, please God, he did go to heaven, and if he's come back, you know, and he, he's 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 not earthbound, he's not trapped there. Yeah. So, but he he's uh, he's he's very well loved yeah. amongst the kind of people that work there that live there. He's not a a scary figure. Yeah. He's people are he's quite warm to people and in return people are quite warm to him so i would definitely say then that yeah possibly he he passed over and then comes back in visitation for him to yeah. be like that so th there's one okay there's there's one of your ghosts to that's a castle. horrific story though that's it's and i think it for me it's the bones worn down in his fingers because you're going some and literally for it to all of yeah. Been ground down, awful. Now, another very famous ghost mm. from there is Lady Mary Berkeley. Right. And she died in 1719. Now, th this is kind of in that period that Sergeant Major, because it was a peaceful, that's not a word, a more peaceful time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and nothing really to, to write home about. But she was the wife of Lord Grey. So obviously we know the Grey family are quite yeah. extensively connected. Um, but unfortunately, he wasn't a very pleasant man. And he abandoned her and he ran off with her sister. Oh, uh, well, they all did that then. Bloody, I mean, look at Henry VIII. They all did it then. Uh, and it was unusual if they didn't. It was quite the scandal. Yeah. Um. Because the heartbroken Mary, she was left with her baby. So she'd had a baby as well. And yeah. he left her. But she wandered round the castles, um, you know, just waiting for him. Yeah. And she died a very lonely, very sad woman. And apparently she never left. And that she still wanders yeah. the castle looking for her wayward husband. Yeah, got and I think as well, you know, rub salt in the wound, your own sister. Yeah, so it's a humiliation, it's the yeah. betrayal. Especially in them the, times as the well. The heartbreak, the loss of love. So she sounds to me like an earthbound then. When she died, she just stayed. Oh, and, and, and she's repeating. Forever, she's yeah. repeating, yeah. She she just if she's, forever searching. She's, she's stuck in the, um, you know, life state, the death state. She, she, she's stuck. She's not moved on at all. And um, I, it's so sad when souls are stuck like that. It's just bit, just reliving that and pain. It's an eternity of just forever searching because it, it, it's it's that pain never goes. It's a constant. That's pain. that's where you need a good medium to go in there and do some uh, spirit rescue, some soul rescue to release these poor, well, listen, poor souls. I know for a fact that there's been untold paranormal groups, psychics, and whoever that have been been to here. Um, no, from what I saw, no one's detailed doing that kind of search and rescue mission. Yeah, but I mean, 
that, as we were discussing on another show, um, an investigator's job is to investigate and re- report and find answers. But then, it obviously, we know it takes... But do you think... Now, this is an interesting question for you, off-tangent completely. Mm. Now, as an owner of a haunted house yourself, yeah. if a paranormal group or a medium went to your home and, you know, um, sent all the spirits up or down wherever they belonged and cleared that house, yeah. would you be happy? Well, it depends what you wanted it for. I mean... Well, Gillingham Castle is a business. They make a business no, off of their I spirits. Mean, no, so do you if, th- if you're a business owner, then... So do you think... So if, say, say we got... We went there and we done a clearing or whatever and, yeah. and sent her on her way, rescued yeah. her soul, and they knew that we'd done that. Do you think they could sue us for ruining their business? No, because I don't think a case like that has ever been brought in a court of law. But it'd be it would be a first. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, it would be a first. But I think, I mean, I know especially me in the cage, no matter what was going on in the cage, I asked everyone, please cross them over if you can, because listen, their soul is worth far more than any media coverage or any fiver in your ass pocket. And I always, you know, you have to do the right thing thing by souls, always. Well, this, so, this is people's lives, do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, it was, it's people's deaths. And, and death is a lot longer than a lifespan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the earthbound that are trapped is the worst thing that can happen, I think. So, yeah. But that's, sorry, completely off yeah. tangent. But so she is kind of known to, one to the castle, so it is footsteps, uh, cold breezes, spots, uh, shadows, and quite often, um, like the the sound and, and swishing of an old dress. So, Does she interact with anyone, do we know? No, no, not at all. From everything, I did quite a lot. I went on a lot of kind of sites for the research of this, and she doesn't interact. She literally just relives over and she just wanders and wanders and wanders around the castle. But you see, that could still be residual energy. It could well so be. So it could be, because if she's not physically she's not interacting, interacting, that could easily be replaying, replaying as residual energy. And that will go on forever and ever and ever. Because so actually, even if yeah. You, even if a soul rescuer does cross her over, say, for example, she's still there, you're still going to get that stone tape through that residual energy, and that's never, ever going to stop. Because I think, imagine the absolute heartache, heartache, do you know what I mean? It's, that would stay there. So them emotions... It seeps and, in to yeah. the fabric of the walls, of the building, of the bricks, of the wood, and it, and, it, and it's energy, and the energy you put out is the energy, and it stays and it lingers. So no, she'll probably be there in, God, you know, God knows, you know, way after we're dead, she'll, she'll carry on. Yeah. So... We move on to our next spirit in Chingham Castle. And she is known as the White Lady in the Pantry. Oh. So. Sounds like a cook. <laughs> <laughs> so the story goes that there was um, a footman guarding the castle. They say guarding the family silver. I don't know. Um, that's, that's what they say. And that he encountered a wispy lady in white. That was the word used to describe her. And she was begging for water. Yeah. So he goes off and thinks, my God, poor woman. He goes off to go in and grab her um, something to drink. But as he goes, um, the pantry is locked. Um, 
as, but it's locked to protect the silver. So he's still going to go, and, but he's checking the door. And as he turns his back on her, he kind of looks back and she's gone. Yeah. Now, there's lots of theories and people say that she could have been a victim of poisoning. That's why she's asking for the water. No one really knows. There's not a huge uh, amount of evidence for this one. Do you know what we didn't ask our historian? And we've really missed the trick here. We haven't asked her at all. In all of that information, we don't know who died there. We don't know, and we know all the history. We don't know the deaths, the history on the deaths. So correct we need to, to because if she was still online with us, um, she'll probably have that information. Because you know what she, what we needed to know from her is right. They died in there of heartbreak. One died in childbirth. One died in the torture chamber. You know because there would be so many deaths, and we've got the backstory, but we don't have any of the the deaths. So I bet that with her looking into it, with 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 the details she's got access to that we haven't historically, we would have more of a, a clue about these. Well, he's seen its fair share of death, let me tell you. Yeah. So it wouldn't be completely out of this realm that someone's been poisoned there or, you know... Or starved or, or locked starved. in a yeah, room. Yeah, it's... But it could be anything. It could have been a maid that got pregnant by one of the lords and locked in a room. You know, it's it endless. In those, but yeah. there is... So in the kitchen area, there's a lady in white and she is she begs for water, but she looks quite disheveled and stuff like that. But she's she's less reported, shall I say. Mm. She's one of the lesser, not, yeah, not, not, lesser, not as prominent. Not, not as prominent is the word um, I'm looking for. So that's, an, that's another one of your ghosty woasties mm -hmm. from Chittenham Castle. Now, Sergeant Major touched on the fact that there was a dungeon and torture chamber yes. built. Now, the castle still has a dungeon and a torture chamber. Yes. And in that dungeon and in the torture chamber, they still have equipment. I, I don't want to say original. I, maybe some bits are. I'd imagine some bits are. I'd imagine some bits are, but it's a, a fully stocked. Really stuck. We've got I, Iron Maidens, the rack. Imagine a screws. A psychometrist down there just touching that stuff. The energy would be horrific. So not only if you've got that the space itself, you've got them items, and and them items, they don't bring good, do they? They're, they're never used for good. It's not like a you know a wedding ring or, or something yeah. like that that has held held on to something. These are used to torture people and put people through the paces. So the dungeon is very very small. Um, is it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not huge. Because you would imagine it to be huge, like oh, the movies, God. yeah, like loads of people. <coughs> no, it's 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 quite a small room, um, and in the kind of mortar around the room, there's lots of scratch marks and stuff where whoever was uh, held was obviously yeah counting the days or counting or clawing and clawing, trying to walls, yeah, get, get themselves out. Um, interestingly. The floor is sloped, mm. and that is because so all the blood, oh for God's sake, can drain all the way down to one oh. side. <laughs> That's disgusting. 
That is grace. You know, that's for a reason. That's for a Jesus. Um, as Sergeant Major said, you know, there was... The castle saw a lot of conflicts, and a lot of this conflict was with Scotland. So in the dungeons, in them places, a lot of Scottish fighters, that is where they'd have been held. And really, it's the last place they'd have seen. That's... Oh. So we're going on now to... Um, quite another famous spirit from the from the I went to say from the cage because I'm talking because uh, <laughs> I'm talking dungeons and torturing yeah. and stuff that's what made me think that so there was a man and he was lead torturer head torturer oh blinding job uh, his name was John Sage right and he was quite I don't want to say celebrity but he was a very well known figure in that time yeah um oh one minute my battery's running low you'll have to bear with guys oh, look at that we're meant to be a professional podcast <laughs> bear with god it's hot isn't it it's oh. day here, and we're boiling there we go panic over no can't do that <laughs> so um sergeant major as well mentioned king edward Okay, so we got to the torturer who was popular and John Sage. Uh, celebrity. So, so he um, was one of King Edward's best men on the battlefield. Oh, he right. was like, well, yeah, one of yeah. one of the best, and he had worked his way up the ranks, and he uh, ended up being a lieutenant. But unfortunately, in battle, one day uh, John was injured quite badly, and he uh, wounded his leg quite badly and it left him not able to fight anymore so they found him a position as the agent of torture yes agent of doom um and so that and that's that was his role and he was based at chillingham and he would clock in was he married this fella Again. Did he have a normal? Do we know? Did he have a, a half normal life when he well, went home? Or? I'll I'll give you it because there's a little story coming about him okay. and maybe a lady friend. Oh God, you wouldn't want to risk it, would you? <laughs> I don't. I don't maybe <laughs> listen. Sometimes you just ain't got a choice. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. You? But um, so this is this is what a, a prisoner could expect. So right, okay. there is a twenty foot drop, and that is how they would have been deposited into the dungeon. And there's a name for that. What's that called? It's famous. I've seen this on TV. Um, it'll come back to me. I always forget the name of it. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And so before they even get there, a 20 foot drop, you're going to break something. Yeah. Or you bash it. You, you, you've done something. Some people even died. I've actually seen on the there. footage on, of, of this. It's called something of this drop in, in Chilean Castle. I've actually seen that. So I can visualise it perfectly. Yeah. Um, so they were just left there then and, you know, he would come in and, and torture them periodically, but they was basically just left to die. They wouldn't feed them. They wouldn't treat their injuries. They'd just make them worse. So because of the hunger, uh, down there, the prisoners would sometimes eat each other. So there was cannibalism that was going on. Do you know in what these... though? I'll tell you what. I'd starve myself because I'd rather get out of there. I wouldn't want to keep myself alive and prolong the agony much longer. I'd it's, wanna... it's a tough one to call, isn't it? Well, it's, it's not for me because I'd be like, no thanks, I'd rather go up than live like, well, 
you can't it's not even living is it it's a horrific no. existence but so they was they was eating each other and they was eating themselves and it was it was at the the effort to try and prolong what was going on and i you know maybe they thought that, that they'll that, be rescued one day rescued and, yeah. yeah human nature survival yeah so john sage tortured upwards of 50 people a week and he had this job for three years so 52 weeks in a year i'm not doing the maths on that someone if so if whoever gives us the right figure gets a little special something from us <laughs> 50 people a week for three years well listen it's hundreds thousands of people isn't it thousands of people that this one singular man has tortured um and so in the dungeon you can imagine that the pain that he's inflicted that it's a it's a very dark space and people that have been there in the tour guides and, and you know people that know the place will always talk about the dark and malevolent force and they describe it as stalking that area you see he would be an earthbound he would stay there um one he'd probably have the fear of judgment when he goes across but i can imagine him staying there and being an active um negative well much like the jailer from the cage the cage, yeah absolutely yeah. it's a very he yeah. he again a present active uh and, a ve and 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 continues to be dark yeah and negative and violent and and still torments doesn't he and they get stronger and, and stronger. stronger their abilities mm -hmm. yeah the, the more they're dead yeah god so now Jesus, i'm going to give you a little bit about his love life love life yeah go on so he did have a girlfriend right and her name was elizabeth charlton like charlton athletic right and one night they were having um coitus on <laughs> on the rack the horizontal tagger no well listen she must have i don't know i'm not going to put it on her i reckon he was just uh, it, it, that was his uh, that get was off him. thing his he, sexual what, thing yeah big because actually yeah. so he um during that was strangling her so even in he sex he wanted to inflict his, pain yeah, and, yeah. and things like that um but unfortunately and it went wrong and yeah as as does happen in these sex games especially with a professional torturer on the rack in your dungeon <laughs> these things happen and unfortunately oh. he took it well too far and he killed her killed her well what happened was he in love with her was he remorseful i mean what what happened next or was he, oh, oh well. He's, uh, I think you know. she was there just tossed aside and was just another victim of. Oh, my God. So, John Sage. Like I said earlier, you wouldn't risk it. Not a very nice man. So, he... Do we know... Um, where he died? Do we know how long um, he was a torturer for? Have we got so he he was at Chillingham Castle for three years. Yeah, and in them three years, his his role was to to torture three people. Three years, okay. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't much look into him after that. I thought that's enough. He may. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough for today. Yeah. So we don't know what became of him in the end. Whether he stayed on in the cart, whether he died after the three years, we don't know. So. No, I I couldn't tell you. So, here is a whistle-stop tour of some of the activity you will get in the dungeon and torture chamber. Okay. So, um, there is a grate that looks into the dungeon. Yes. And if you look into that, sometimes there's a girl 
staring back at you. Oh, can you imagine? No, thank you. Can you imagine just going there, thinking I'm going to have a nice weekend away in the castle? Well, what's down there? You'd absolutely scream and probably... Fall down the hole and break your neck. And, yeah, and, and wet yourself and everything. Um, but they're, they're actually, it's the remains. It's the last person ever to be killed there. That's why she's in, in the, the grate. Like, she's like a reminder. What, is that what you know or is that what you think? No, that's what we know. Oh, so the last yeah, girl. So there are, um, as you can oh. imagine, lots of orbs, lots of kind of I've seen shadows. I've footage on the place. It's um, horrific. Yeah. Lots of that, that kind of, I don't want to say generic activity, but, you know, like orbs, shadows, yeah, yeah. figures. Um, but the interest is the emotions that people, so people go down and they become overcome. Like they, it would be. It's very dark, very oppressive, and has a real impact on people. So people come out of there feeling very depressed and very low. And get in your body and your brain. Yeah, that can stick to you like yeah. glue. That that that. Energy. And I think that's the kind of the main thing I've got from all the different stories and that that I've I've seen and heard is that it's just the overwhelming feeling of the place when you're down there. It would it, be. It just takes control, mm. and you know they can't see past it. But um, old John Sage is seen uh, wandering the castle now. Looking for his next Looking for his next victim. victim. Um, he's been seen by visitors, by staff, all over the place. He would, I imagine, as an earthbound, have the physical ability to attack and hurt. Because that's all he would want to do. And so I would imagine his energy is built up. Um, in you know in his death state where he can physically attack jump in. Mm -hmm. so I'd imagine any activity like that would be him um, also as well um, around that area that people you can hear you know the, the stomping of boots and, and something dragging so like I would assume if you if you lugging a body across the floor or a yeah. person across the floor that kind of thing so yeah God and that leads us nicely Back over ground mm. into the Great Hall, the Great right. Hall of the Castle. So I've got a picture for you. It's not great quality here, but can you see that there? Oh, yes, I can. Wow. Now, I will put that on the Instagram um, and the Twitter and the Facebook for you all to have a look at. I've got a few pictures and things for you to see, but can you see that? So what yeah, we're looking at is, yeah. is the, in the Great Hall, you know, it, it's full of what you could imagine like a great big table. But at the end, there's two kind of benches, or not benches, chairs. chairs with like a little sideboard next to it. But very, very clearly, there is something sat in one yeah, of them chairs. Yeah, it looks like a little girl to me. Um, yeah, maybe in this, because it's a, it's a bit distorted well, that is the in that picture. In instinct, instinctively, I would say that's a... But when, it, when it's kind of the actual size it should be, it's much clearer. Yeah. Um, but the Great Hall is, a very, again, a very interesting place. So because, obviously, the current owner is very eclectic mm. and likes things, there is a life-size horseman on a horse. Ah. Yeah, there is a huge stuffed elephant's head and, wow. and all kinds of things. It's, it's filled with wondering. Um, now, there's also uh, a tapestry, which is on that back wall. You can yeah, see it there. And behind there. there, there's a skull. What do you mean, a skull on the wall? Um, a real life skull or a picture of a skull? Uh, just a skull. It's a, a skull behind oh. the thing. Um, and when people are in there, the majority of what happens in there is around the tapestry in that area. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, like, like I said, obviously I'm going to put that image on there, but that was taken by a paranormal group um, when when they did an investigation there, and that's yeah. one of the images that they took. Yeah, yeah. So I will be adding that on to uh, the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and stuff for you to have a look at. So make sure you go on over there. Now, I'm going into, these are some short fire quick bits, but okay. lots of more tales of the unexpected from Chillingham Castle. So obviously we have got uh, the Grey family, which are the main kind of family of this residence. And there is a portrait. I don't know which one it is. I couldn't find it out. Couldn't find out which one it was. And there is an apparition of a woman that comes out of the painting. Mm. Now, this was seen by um, some of the children that were raised there. So they were children of kind of Lord and Lady yeah. at the time. And it was seen by them and the, their nanny that this woman got out of the painting and then followed them round the castle. So they obviously saw that and went yeah. went off. And this, whatever came out of that painting, followed them around the castle. So I, w I would imagine that what came out of the painting would have been probably the soul or the, you know, the entity of the, p the person in the painting themselves. Mm -hmm. do, we, do we know... What the who the painting was of? It was someone from. It was one of the the grey ladies. Yeah. So I would imagine, of course, that's her coming out from her own. Uh huh. Um, this has been seen again. So a, sh a short time after, a friend of the family stayed, and they saw the same ghost, but this time it emerged from a different portrait, but of the same person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's clear that that's obviously her. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her thing. And um, she is one of the spirits in the castle although no one's seen her come out of the painting since her spirit has been seen around around the castle and she has before now uh been mistaken by guests as a guide or reenactment um actor because so are be you saying she's more solid yes they completely mistook her they just thought she was actress in period clothing that was either kind of doing a, a reenactment or, you know, giving a, the guide it's, it's in that. It's interesting because what the theory is, one theory about ghosts and apparitions that are more solid, is the more solid they are um, represents the fact that either they don't know they're dead or had only passed very recently. Now, of course, in, in her case, it wouldn't have been passing recently. So maybe she still um, lives there as if she doesn't fully know she's dead. So she's still fully... Um, visible and can be mis mistaken for human. That would be an explanation to that why she well, is so well solid. Yeah, could well and be. as we said about the other lady, you know, the report was she was wispy. So obviously that is her death state. But the more solid an apparition is, they say it's because they they're still functioning and living as a, an alive human being. Hence they are are more solid. So it would appear that she's obviously still living there, and which would make sense because you said she's actively engaging with people following them so um yeah i'd say that she she obviously she, there's a position she doesn't know she's dead and she's still carrying on there but yeah so there, there's her mm. now there's a there's a few other little things so there is a library which is underneath the upper chamber i think and the, there's often heard the voices of two men but you can't really follow what they're saying yeah, you yeah. can just but i've you experienced can, so that. Have I. yeah 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 and it's it's quite it's frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. yeah. 
because... You can hear it, you know it's human beings talking, but you just can't make it out. And I think in that moment, because you want to hear it, it takes away the fear and it becomes intrigue. Yeah. And then I think once you realise that you can't follow it, then you think, oh, hang on. Yeah. Now I'm a bit frightened. That, that's how I feel anyway. Um, but apparently they stop um, if you... If you, they hear someone coming. Yeah. Because they're aware, you see. They're, they're actively aware. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So someone comes along. And um, there's also, as well, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on the Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Mm. There is a picture of a lady who is said to be a witch. Right. And she... Or a conjuring woman. She is meant to have placed a curse on the castle and its uh, contents. And it's along the lines of, don't quote me for this, but if you take something from there, yes. bad things will happen to yes, you. Yes, I've heard of... Now, they have got a room filled with letters and returned objects. Yes, I've I've seen this evidence, yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, and because people... People have nicked something because it's easy to do it and then had such terrible bad luck. Like they're sending it back with apologies and please have please, it please, back. Please yeah. take this. I'm terribly sorry. It's a big no from me. Have it back. So I'm going to move on now. So one of our lovely, lovely Instagram followers, um, I will put her tag, um, her profile tag, uh in the episode description she's got a really really cool instagram she clearly loves horror movies and she makes all these kind of weird and wacky pictures and stuff she's really cool she's really cool she used to be um an investigator yeah she had to give it up for private reasons uh, but she has stayed at chillingham castle oh fascinating and she has given me a, a real brief overview of her yeah. experiences there so i said to her i said look listen give me some of your personal experiences a kind of general feeling of the place and would you recommend yeah you know if there are some people interested they want to go stay or if they want to go investigate it might be saying you and me might think about doing well listen if we can stay yeah it's a bit far though well and i hate driving you'd have to be terrified you. i would be terrified so it is so her her instagram handle is uh miss cherry myers but it's it's like i'll i'll put it underneath so you can all go and give it a check out give it a follow she's amazing she's lovely if you want to ask her questions i know she'd be more than happy to answer them but she spent five nights really five nights crazy um at chingham castle in the apartments which used to be the old maid's room oh god so sorry, I'm literally reading it how she's how she's written it to me. Uh, so her and her friend barely slept the whole time. Yeah. There were the noises of people running up and down the hallways yeah. all night. Taps kept turning on by themselves. The doors kept opening and closing. There were loud bangs on the doors, but nobody was there. So yeah. that was just in the apartments. So they did um, investigation in the grand hall, which we spoke about with mm. the with the image, and she said it was terrifying. And um, they had a glass levitate off the table and smash near their faces. And the best part of it was that the contact with who we believed to be the spirit known as the Blue Boy. Yeah. So that's who, and his remains were found bricked up between two walls during the re re uh, renovations, which we know. 
Um, so they did um, kind of quit asking the spirits questions and they had some really exact um, responses uh, through their torch. Yeah. So they said, don't turn it. They asked them to turn it on and off, but not by pushing the button, but by turning the top. Yeah. She's described it as an amaz uh, amazing but emotional experience. Yeah. And oh, she yeah. would recommend it going there. She says that the beautiful, the building is beautiful and so are the grounds. Yeah. So in contrast to what some of the TripAdvisor people have said, where it's a bit grubby. Yeah. But I can imagine even if it, you see parts of your Anything's cobwebs. Anything's going to be a bit grubby. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine having to clean that? Yeah. No, thank you. Um, she said that there's lots to uh, see and do and that staying overnight really made her see it differently. I would, yeah, because she said it's almost more sinister at night. Oh, God, it would be, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, like yeah. the whole, it's, you know, you can go and visit these great and wonderful places and during the day it's all lovely when there's lots of people, people around. And, and, and then and... before, yeah, as the sun's going down and all the people filter out, there's, oh, it, the atmosphere the changes, and, and, you know, most spirits and entities do come out at dark as well. Of course, they come out during the day, but most, they're, they're more, you know, active during the during nightfall. Yeah, so... She just said that she would go back 100%, but maybe not stay overnight. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm think i inclined to agree. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that, for, for her getting in contact with us like that. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciate yeah. it. And if anyone else has kind of um, stories, tales of kind of famous locations or their own personal experiences in their own home, please email us. Or get in contact with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You know, we're quite reachable. Um, I will put all of the ways to contact us in the episode description, so um, just so you know how to find us. And I think I will end with a review from an investigating okay. uh, ghost investigator. So this is word for word. Is Chillingham Castle the most haunted park castle in the UK? My personal opinion after last night's paranormal investigation has to be, and in capital letters, yes. yes. After many years of seeking ghostly activity at loads of haunted venues all over the country, thousands of hours sitting in cold, dark rooms, last night in the Great Hall at Chillingham Castle, sitting on my own in the dark, this full-figure apparition walked up the length of the hall, stood looking at me, and then sits down in the seat next to me, and I'm still sitting here looking at her feet beside me. Wow. Well, if that doesn't sum up, yeah. you know, Chillingham Castle nicely, I don't know what is. It seems to be a very, very active place. Yeah. There is lots and lots. I think history and time is still replaying itself. They're still living there currently, the, you know, in, in terms of the dead, the activity. You know, you, you've got residual energy there. You've got... Um, uh, earthbound you, you've I got think it's, it's got it's a mixed so bag much. of everything it's and I think everything. you're right I think ev everything. every possible kind of way you could experience a haunting and I would got. imagine down in that um dungeon and torches I would say you, you're going to have something demonic and 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 oh, black down there absolutely that breeding of pain and negativity um and despair for all those years would is the perfect breeding ground for demonic activity so i think this place has got the lot 
and um, we, I say we recommend it like we've been, but I encourage you to go. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like a really fascinating place. Don't blame us if you have a breakdown when you're there. Basically, they offer, but they offer things alternatively to like. You can, they have a very famous ghost tour there. It's very well done. I'd love to do it and go there <coughs> with a ghost tour and everything. I don't think I'd want to be in there dark investigate it. Well, saying that, I would do it. I, I, I definitely would do it. I don't know if I'd come off too well. I, don't, I wouldn't be scared of it. I'd do it. All right. Um, yeah, I would do it. We'll do that. Yeah. We are going to do a little overnight, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know if I stay five nights, but I would do oh, it. I would yeah, do five we... nights. But we are doing... We yes, are, we are. We are going to do a podcast on location soon. Yeah. And we're going to be, like, talking to the staff, getting their stories, getting a feel for the place. Yeah. Maybe do our own little bit of... Investigations investigation. with a little bit of an equi equipment. So that is... Com that's soonish yeah soonish it's coming yeah. up it's coming up but i just think we, we need to leave that till october when do you think it's, yeah when it's darker listen i always well, listen, think because it's quite a nice place i was quite looking for it's got a spa i know but i just think when i don't know i, I like you know we'll talk when, about when, it when, when we'll the veil between it. the living and the dead is most thinnest i think that's where well i think it'd be great but we can we can go beforehand just to check it out for a little spa day if you want. Yeah, all right. Yeah. As long as you pay. Sold, <laughs> sold, sold. Uh, maybe I'll put a little GoFundMe up on the podcast so people can pay for us. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's fifty p towards. Well, you can wear your blue spa. kimono and your mankini. I've got I've got a few mankinis. I've got a gold one. <laughs> oh God. So. I think in total, I think we could you could do episode two on Gillingham Castle. Uh, I think I'd I'd like to get our historian back and find out the deaths, the births, um, the and maybe go maybe maybe look more into the historical fact behind some of these hauntings. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. how you know she jumped off the top of the balcony. So, we, so you know it was great. We've got the the reasoning and the history of it, and we get, you get an understanding of why it's. Uh, as active as it is, yeah. but maybe kind of fine-tune it and pinpoint some of that. We need to fine-tune it, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We will do that soon. Um, we will have a chat with our Sergeant Major and get her on board. So so we'll have to do Chillingham Castle Part 2 in, re, the, in the near future. Chillingham Castle Revisited, Chillingham Castle The Return, Chillingham Ca the Revenge yeah. of Chillingham Castle. It'll yeah. be a ten-parter. Ten so we are booked in to go and see the conjuring tomorrow so we will be doing a review of that for you and we'll be uploading that this weekend so keep an eye out for that we're going to kind of delve in a little bit to the true story behind it as well yeah. and um yeah hopefully it's really good because i thought the first one was amazing so i love the first one wasn't I, I love the first one, liked the second one, haven't been impressed since. So let's hope uh, that this one gets back to the, the quality, really, and the spookiness of the first one. So yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I want a real ghost story. Yeah. Cool. So have a blessed week, guys, and tune in this weekend for Freddie and Vanessa's review of The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Freddie. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.